Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Katie Couric. I'm Bozma St. John. I'm an award-winning journalist. And I'm a trailblazing marketing executive. And we sound kind of full of ourselves, but together we're hosting a brand new podcast. To help us look beyond our pandemic present. It's called Back to Biz. With Katie and Bose. Each week we'll interview the leaders and big thinkers in industries from tech and education. To fashion and pop culture. To find out how they're adjusting to this new way of life. Listen to Back to Biz with Katie and Bose. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your favorite shows. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's It's time for Couples couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text, sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Hey everyone, I am Naomi. And I am Andy. And we are a real life couple, a real life couple of comedians. And on this show, we bring you the best sets from our live show where we have comics who are close, do sets together about their relationship. Sometimes we do other things. This is one of those. You guys, we're shaking it up today, okay? It's going to be something different. Before I give you more, let me get into the housekeeping. Yes, that's how you know it's going to be special. We're doing housekeeping right up front. Yes. We're not even fake asking each other how we're feeling today. We already know. We got (laughs) shit to get into. Uh, Naomi, we have a live show coming up on the 8th here in Los Angeles. We've had a string of amazing live shows. We just had the kids in the hall on the show in San Francisco. And I'm very excited to come back to Los Angeles Mm -hmm. uh, on the 8th at the Virgil at 8 p.m. So far, we have a couple, a comedian couple. Yes. Bud Baker and Andy Haynes. Yes. Two wonderful stand-ups. We have Dwayne Perkins and Shantira Jackson. Yes, Shantira Jackson, who's writing on the Saved by the Bell reboot. I have so many questions. She's writing Saved by the Bell. He's writing on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. What a... What a combo. A dynamic duo they are. Um, We are going to have such a great show. You should definitely come through for that. You guys, my mother will be in attendance, so stakes are high. I believe I said that last week. I'm going to keep saying it. We need bodies (laughs) in the seats, okay? Because if she comes to a show that's not full, she's going to be like, why do you do a show for no people? That's a real question she'll ask, okay? So we have got to be ready for it. We've got to fill those seats to make Naomi's mom 
I was going to say happy, (laughs) satisfied. And, you know, also it is a good show, so you're not simply doing a mitzvah. You know what I mean? You are having, you are experiencing joy. You are experiencing joy. Uh, What else can we take? Oh, we have Wendy McClellan Covey coming on the show to do an advice episode. Wendy McClendon Covey from The Goldbergs, from Reno 911, from Bridesmaids. You guys were in an indie film together. We were in an indie film together. She's so funny. This woman has been in these streets acting, making us lol. She has five cats. We will be discussing that. (laughs) So if you would like her and us to answer your relationship advice questions and, you know, things surrounding relationships. Right, family, friends, exes, siblings, anything. You yeah. know we'll answer it because I think I know everything. Yeah, you can DM us on any of the uh, any of the platforms. Also, uh, we do prefer, though, voicemails because we love hearing your dulcet tones. And the number for that is 323-524-7839. Of course. Do that you know, between now and Friday morning. Yes, of, of course, if you didn't write that down. You can find this and you can also get tickets to the live shows on the website, CouplesTherapyPod.com on the right side of the page. And Naomi, if you don't mind if I have a, a slight plug. Oh, me. please. You must share with our friends. So some people know that are listening, and you certainly do, because uh, <laughs> for the last 10 years, strangers have been coming in and out of our house. Yep. But I do a, a, another podcast called Beginnings, and the 10th anniversary was just on Sunday. And I commemorated the occasion with a special interview with Stephen Merritt from the Magnetic Fields, uh, a band I've loved since high school. Uh, I went to his apartment in New York when we were there over the holidays, and we had a really great conversation. So uh, beginningspod.com, and you can also find it on pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. I'm so proud of you, honey. I also I feel like Beginnings is really your longest relationship. The way I feel about Criminal Minds is probably you and Beginnings, except whereas I just watch Criminal Minds, you actually create Beginnings. You know, you're invested. <laughs> You are booking, you are interviewing, you are editing, you are posting. It is your baby. Yeah, it's the one thing I get to do that I am I have complete control over every aspect of. Well, you also have some really great, fun, good guests. I mean, the people you've gotten to come over to our house over the years has always sure. surprised me. Especially because, you know, you were doing it before everyone and their mom had a podcast. So back when you would be like, oh yeah, I'm interviewing someone. I'm like, they're really going to come to a rando's house and talk to you? Like, I was like, what is happening? But now it's like, we do sure. it every day. Gerard Carmichael <laughs> rolling up to our first apartment. <laughs> our, at fifth like, floor walk <laughs> our fifth floor walk up. midnight. At midnight after he finishes shows at like Caroline's or whatever. <laughs> no. Oh, God, back when the podcasts were a novelty, we go to any length. We go to any length to get a good interview in. Damon Lindelof's been on. It's been. A, it's a good show. Anyway, yeah. so if I can be so immodest and you must. plug that. You must. In 2020, no modesty. <laughs> um, you so know, today. Yes, you guys, you know, as Andy, as we always say, you know, go on uh, CouplesTherapyPod.com and you can get tickets to the show. You can get our dial-in number. You can also subscribe to our Patreon. And I feel like this episode we're giving you now, this is like a taste of what the Patreon is. This is just me and Andy getting into it, goofing around, talking about where we're at. This is the kind of thing you would get for your $5, but I just want you guys to hear it. I also just yes. kind of want to talk about where we're at. So It's a real heart-shaped gab fest. <laughs> a heart-shaped gab fest, indeed. Um, Andy and I, you know, we're talking about getting married later this year. That is the plan. And so it's just got us feeling all like tender and nostalgic and shit. (laughs) And just tender and nostalgic and shit. And it's so funny because I was saying earlier, like, you know, being together a decade, in a lot of ways, I was like, oh, well, wedding doesn't change that much. Like getting legally wed doesn't change our day to day. And yet now that we are like planning to do all that legal stuff, I do feel the difference. And I uh-huh. do feel like the excitement surrounding it and being like, holy yeah. shit. Is Even your though, heart filled with love or fucking whatever? My heart's filled with love and shit. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's where I'm at. But it was just funny because remember I at, I was, I was like joke with you. I'm always like, Andy, did you ever imagine your greatest love would be with a strong black woman? <laughs> And I always ask you that, and you're always like, oh, I don't know. I never thought about it. I didn't think about race. It's true. Right? Well, it's, you know, when I was younger, you know, I, I think you have this joke you're, uh, that you tell in your Comedy Central special where you, you talk about, like, the things you imagined when you were, like, uh, when you were a kid about getting married and stuff like that. I never had that same experience. I don't know if it's, like, whether uh, it's just, like, the contingencies of being a quote-unquote dude <laughs> where you don't think about weddings and marriage and stuff like that and who you're going to be who's going to be your partner or if it's just because i was very emotionally repressed growing up i don't know what you know right what it is but i didn't have that kind of like i never thought i just assumed that like 
I guess I didn't even assume anything. Like, you know, I want, I was about to say, like, I guess I just assumed it would be, like, a Jewish wife or something like that. <laughs> but, like, I didn't even have any of that. My future was just this, like, you know, like, in the never-ending story when uh, the nothing comes <laughs> and it's just, like, blank space? Wait, 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 Andy, this sounds like depression. When you say your future was a blank space of, space of nothing, I'm worried about no, you. No, 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 just, like, the nothing, I think, at the end of it, right? It's just blankness, right? Isn't it just, like, a white space or something like that? My future was just this, was just a white space. Oh, well, <laughs> that ain't the truth now. Your future ain't a white space, girl. <laughs> That ain't the truth now. But it really was. It was just this kind of like blankness. And I'm like, I guess I'll just like, and I think partly, I mean, if we're going to get deep, if we're, if we're really treating this uh, in the same way we might treat a Patreon episode, I didn't like to think about my future because I knew at some point in my future was death. And so if I did not think about my future, I didn't have to think about that. And I could just concentrate on whatever was going on at that moment. So if I'm a teenager, uh, you know, uh, drinking Coca-Cola's with my boys while we play (laughs) basketball and quote The Simpsons. Oh, my God. I love that when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, when I was in my 30s. (laughs) Wasn't that always happening? You know, we get 20 ounces of Coke. We go shoot some hoops (laughs) and we talk about whatever The Simpsons episode was that that week. Well, you have that where it's like, you know, me, like, growing up in New York, going to a private school, it was like going to private school in the Upper East Side, white boys were all around me, but I also never thought I would actually make my long-term life with one because growing up, I didn't really see those examples around me. And I remember, like, my family, my cousin would be like, I remember my cousin, we were young, okay? Do not shade her. She is, you know, she, she doesn't think this way anymore. But I remember when we were, like, 12, 13, she was like, I don't know, Nene. I just couldn't even imagine like kissing a white boy. Like it was like it was like they were another species. It was foreign, you know. Whereas I think me, especially growing up on pop culture, yes, in the '90s we had so much black television. That was yes. our time. But also a lot of the shows I watched as a kid were also just super white shows. You know, everything the Disney Channel was peddling. You know, I would take it. And so what's it was, the one with the uh, the dude who that had a <laughs> who was Indiana Jones's son, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that was after that was after my time. I was, oh, too, was I was, we're too old for that. So I don't remember the name of the show, but I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how Shia LaBeouf popped off. Um, was that Disney show? But at the same time, I didn't see a lot of it. And even now in 2020, you and I, we will, we will, like whenever we see an interracial couple that is our makeup, meaning a white man and a black woman, we always like kind of give each other a nudge, and we're like, "Do you see? Do you see?" that dynamic couple approaching. And I'm almost (laughs) always calling them a hotter version of us or a less hot version of us. I'm constantly comparing our hotness to theirs. Where do we we fit in attractive level? Right. That's my sickness. Right. Um, But but I'm thinking about it. And I think that, you know, it's also been in my head too, because this whole, you know, the Royal family and everything going on with Meghan and Harry. And so I was like, what were the interracial couples growing up in popular culture in either IRL or in media that really influenced me and that were and also just like kind of imprinted on me in an early way and when I started talking to you about this you had some in your history like people you thought of too uh-huh. so basically you guys you wanted to like a little list I've made for the 15 top interracial couples now like us like the, 15, us. the top 15 IRCs of our flavor but now also by we say top, that is not best. All couples are love. Everyone's thriving. We're talking about when we say t- when I say top, we're talking about like the people who, as I said, influence. You're talking me. about people top who, in terms of like sexual top or bottom. Also that, <laughs> but then also like where they are, like who's who was imprinting on me, who is in, uh, affecting me, who got me thinking about, you know, a love like this, you know, and so that's like where we're at. See, for me, Naomi, uh, this I am saying this is the top definitive ranking. Oh, a definitive ranking. IRCs of our flavor. I love it. This is the top. All right, you guys. This lo- <laughs> this list is about to pop off, okay? These so, are people who... I- Never knew a love like this before. Yes, I am saying you're, you're <laughs> saying these are there. This is like uh, it could be any order, really. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I'm saying no. Mm-hmm. We're counting down. Yeah, okay. You're, we're counting down to the number for one. all historical. And, <laughs> you know what? I dare you to add us. <laughs> I dare you, Angie. Please, please are welcome people to add us. Okay, you guys. Number fifteen, top fifteen interracial couples. Okay, this is a gimme. 
Meghan Markle, Prince Harry. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, I mean, look, I just start off with, for instance, the couple that is kind of in the forefront of everyone's face right now is like Meghan and Harry. And it's just so interesting how people were like, how people blame her for, for like Harry's leaving England because of her. And it's like, First of all, y'all know Harry has been loving Africa for moment one. This boy goes to Botswana on vacation. Isn't that okay? The, is Harry the one who dressed up like a Nazi? Well, that too. It's called growth, I think. Look, if I was Megan, if I saw you had a Nazi picture in your past, we wouldn't have even gone on a date. It's called growth, I think, when we talk about the malignant tumor in his brain <laughs> that allowed him to dress like a Nazi. Ooh, there he got it. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I know people grow and change. It is a little wild to me, but it's- Naomi, let's, let's pretend something. What if you had uh, everything else is nor is the same about me, and there's one photo of me dressed like a. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that's analogous. Dressed like a proud boy, <laughs> like specifically like a proud boy in my past. Oh, absolutely not. Right, because it's like you ain't perfect. So I'm already dealing with some baseline flaws just in a person, ah! just in any human. And how then if you fucking go through. If how? you, fu- I got a laugh from Zach in the booth, so I feel really good. How goddamn dare but, you? <laughs> but it's like if you already working my nerve, and then you come through with a damn proud boy photo. Oh, you out? I don't, I don't need a free meal that bad that I'm gonna go on a date with you. <laughs> but you know what? Megan is has a more open heart than me. Megan's heart is more open than me. Does she? I think so. And then she went over to England, and them people fucking destroyed her. And she you was like, oh, no, no, no. I got to go home to Canada. I got to go where I made suits, where I feel safe. We have a friend. Remember, we don't we have a friend who someone we were at a party and a friend of ours theorized that the queen kicked Megan's dog down the stairs. There is no proof of this. We don't know if this is accurate. But it's like all part of like the speculation as to the darkness Megan was facing. The darkness she's facing is that she's part of a royal family that has a history of centuries of racism. <laughs> I mean, there's... Well, yeah. There is, yeah. I mean, we're talking about a colonial power that went into <laughs> India, that went into Africa. I mean, like, characters welcome Meghan Markle is going <laughs> to welcome. is going to battle that. I doubt Cornell, like, if you could mutate Cornell West and Oprah into a single being, mm-hmm. Bell Hooks, if you had every black leader that's living, I doubt they could combat, like, you made a mutant, like... Oh, you mean, like, the perfect woke Transformer? Like, a black Transformer. (laughs) If they fucking stars align, they still couldn't beat the royal family. Uh, They still couldn't beat the the, royal... It's so... The the racism there is so deep and ingrained in their blue blood. Right, right, right. There's no way. Like, they don't even think about it. It's like, it's not racism, it's just facts. Here's a question. Tell me. Megan ever guest star in Blue Bloods? Wow. We can look up her IMDb Someone later. IMDb and at us. That's I dare you to add us <laughs> and tell us if Meghan Markle ever did a guest role on CBS's Blue Bloods. Okay, number 14. Frank Farmer and Rachel Marin. Now, you may know this couple also as Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston in The Bodyguard. Okay, tell me. Tell me. By the way, yes, we are doing fictional couples. I told them fictional in media in real life. <laughs> oh, I said okay. up top. Young black women, tell me if you was living in 93. When you saw Kevin Carey Whitney out that crowd, were you like, never knew a love like this before? Oh, 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 oh. Never <laughs> knew like now, Naomi, I got a question for you. You do not allow me to carry you into crowds, out of crowds, in and around Angie, our house. that's because I famously weigh more than you. That's the only reason why. But I'm saying, like, that iconic bodyguard image, it was, like, it was also in the movie poster. That was a big deal in the 90s, especially because Whitney was, like, black America's daughter. You know what I mean? Like, she was, like, from the church, had the most perfect voice of an angel. Like, she was, like, all, like, she was, like, it. She was, like, our, as a as a culture, a homecoming queen in a way. Like, that kind of, that kind of woman, she's, like, held up as such, like, a perfect good girl. Yes. And then, of course, she's, like, in this movie, this, like, it's, like, kind of a thriller, very sensual. And then Kevin Costner, 93, is, like, the height of his game. You know what I mean? So it's, like, you've got these two stars, and for a while, Frank Farmer, you know, he's like on the low. He's like, I'm His just here to- Frank Farmer? I know. He's just here to protect. Okay, he's not trying to connect. Protect, not connect, falls in love. <laughs> That's the bodyguard. Number 13. What's his name? Hold on. Was his nickname The Thresher? He's a farmer. Frank Farmer. The Thresher. <laughs> he's a- I don't get the reference. There's, a, there's machines called Threshers on farms. I don't know about farms. I grew up in Harlem. 
problem. <laughs> you mentioning Thresh is like I just hang out in the farm. Well, I'm sorry that I grew up in the suburbs of Reading, yeah. right next to a another Amish su- country, another suburb called Daniel Boone, which Daniel is full Boone. of farmland. Yeah, you could go in in Reading. You could go from outright farmland to gang controlled inner city with a, in I think 20 some odd minutes of each That's other. That's like literally the thing you love saying about Reading the most. It's like you're almost proud of Reading being insane. So many strata. So many strata. Number 13. You know, we talked about Megan. This is a little friend of Megan. Serena Williams and Alexis Ohanian. Now, when we were talking about this uh, before (laughs) we got on mic, I protested this one, but I felt (laughs) Serena's contribution to positive contribution to the world outweighs Reddit heads. What's his name? Alexis Alexis Ohanian. The uh, creator of Reddit. Red Pill man himself. I know. and But I said, I was like, because Andy was like, oh, I hate him. But I'm also like, their love is so inspiring. Every time he's in the stands at one of her games, Serena is a true queen. They have their baby. They also seem like they're not really like into like the fame and bullshit. Like they, like for someone who, for me, for him, for someone who was with like, you know, one of the best female athletes in the world, uh-huh. he's not being as, um, gross as he could be or slash I guess as gross as I expected the founder of Reddit to be. Well in terms of trying to use her to give himself that kind of front facing thing. Sure. I mean you and I I think they're good. You and I are like that in the sense that you are a world renowned stand up comedian. Thank you so much. World renowned I like Alexis. I'm more in the background as a writer. <laughs> and yeah. like Alexis, you just needed a message board where people could come together and say <laughs> anything. And so it's not like and I behave, I don't, you know, I'm not a, you don't do a stand-up show and then uh, you're done and I shove you aside and get up on stage and be like, look at me too. <laughs> he is the same. He's like demure. He is, he is confident. We are the same in the sense that we're both confident enough in ourselves Yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't need to push our lovers aside of the spotlight and point the spotlight at us. What I love and what I was looking at is like what I love most about their love is that when they first met, Serena was not checking for him. Okay, they were in Rome at a hotel. He sat next to her, like her table. He was sitting and they tried to get him to leave by saying, <laughs> there's a rat over there. What? <laughs> like they told him, like, don't sit there. There's a rat over there or something to get him to like get up and move to another place. What a strange. <laughs> Hold on know. a second. Hold on a second. Can we play? Can we? Uh, you, you're you're Serena. I'm Alexis. Okay. Yeah. 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 So he just sits down. He just sits. So he's the okay. And so imagine. Okay. So just like imagine Serena and Alexis meeting. Okay. So I'm Serena. Okay. My body's banging. Okay. I'm in a probably. I'm by a pool. Maybe I'm in my swimsuit. I am a cocoa queen. Um, sunglasses on. And then I notice a tall kind of lanky, bearded white man approach. Uh, hey, have you guys ever used Reddit? Oh, do you mind if I sit down? <laughs> oh, um, I'm sorry. Um, you probably shouldn't sit there. There's like a rat over there, definitely. There's definitely a rat there. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. Why should... Oh, I mean, it's okay. Look, if you don't want me to sit down, that's totally okay. But what do you mean there's a... There's a rat. Oh no! What just what I mean by that is that there is a ra- there is probably a vermin uh, circling the table that you're about to be at. And so if I were you, I would probably just move to inside the hotel. Probably go up to your own room. Actually, do you mind if I ask why you're okay with a rat hanging out at your table? Um, you Am know, I the rat? Are you are you actually just calling me a rat? No, no, I would never. I would never. <clears throat> Security? Security? <clears throat> no, I would never do that. I would never say that. I, I'm not deaf. You just say you don't want me around. I heard you call for security. First of all, what a okay. strange experience. Okay, okay, to fine. Say. Okay, fine. Okay, you can you can sit at our table. I'm convinced there is a rat. Okay, I'm not lying. But if you think I'm lying, or if you think like if you believe, you can sit at our table. You I can just sit think at our table. A, it's fine. You can sit at our table. It's fine. I just think it's a weird excuse. If you don't want me here, you could say you don't want me here, or you could say, "Oh, I think there's blood or something on that seat." Sorry. Why would there be? Blood on a seat. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a better reason why I should sit down than there's a rat around. The rat, if you're here, hold on a second. First of all, have you ever been on Reddit? This is how their love began, okay? This is our theory, all fighting. (laughs) (laughs) This is Andy and I becoming Serena and Alexis. I mean, that is what Reddit is. That's what Reddit is. That's what Reddit is. That's what tennis is in some way. Yeah, they're volleying. They're that's volleying, volley. but that's volleyball. They are. They are. No, you volley the ball back and oh, forth. Oh, thank you so much. Volley is a general. Okay, great. I thought it only applied term. to the ball that you volley. What I loved though is that when she met him and he was like, "I created Reddit." She didn't know what Reddit was, and I was like, "Can you imagine the power that has to be Serena Williams not living in a world where she doesn't even know what Reddit is?" 
the power. The power. <laughs> the freedom Serena have ever, has. Have you ever heard of Reddit? Uh, no. What no. Is that? I'm sorry. Is that a candy bar? And he's like, I love how you <laughs> neg me. Like, I think that's what it was. He loved how she negged him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Number 12. Ooh. This one is one when, when Andy and I were started talking about this, and I was like, there have to be more than the ones that have touched our hearts. And then, of course, as I found out information, they touched my heart. Now, this is the ultimate example of a love like this before. Ooh, can you hear Mabel growling in the background, everyone? It's not due to her distaste for interracial love. She supports it. She sees another dog. But, um, okay, you guys, number 12. This one was, like, huge, okay? I just, like, found out. Leslie Uggams and Graham Pratt. Okay, Leslie Uggams, she has been in this game as an actress since 1951. She was Kizzy in Roots. Don't you play me if you don't know. <laughs> Tony award-winning Leslie Uggams. Am I correct about that? Also, what did you say when you saw her? More recent picture? Oh, oh, from Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Uggams, I, her entire <laughs> legacy. When we were researching uh, IRCs <laughs> of our flavor, uh, we, found, we stumbled upon Leslie Uggams and Graham Pratt. Is that Gra- his name? Yes, Grand Pratt. And you guys, this is okay. This is like why I'm upset. I was like, oh wait, I know the name. And then we were going through her stuff, and I was like, oh right, she's in Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, that's what I said. You did. I know. I was, fin- <laughs> <laughs> I was finishing my sentence, maybe. You guys, Leslie Uggams and Grand Pratt have. He's first of all, he's Australian. And like Leslie, I know what it is to be taken with an Australian lover. They've been together since 1965, y'all. Leslie. Uggams and Graham Pratt, they were married at a time when it was illegal to be in an interracial yeah, relationship ask, in some states. When was loving? Girl, they were on the run. This was love on the run. They weren't really on the run, but they lived in New York. But it's like so wild. She met him when she was performing in Australia. And they like kind of started up something because obviously he saw Leslie Uggams and was like, I need. And I was like, I understand. I know how Australian men get. Andy, when I was living in Australia, I'm telling you, I could have had my pick of the litter. But I was weary. I didn't want to date. They kept trying to touch my hair. I said, I'm out. But let me tell you what I love about this. So when he was like, I want to marry you, she was like, because the thing is, in Australia, you know, they don't have African-Americans, certainly not many in 1965. So they don't have the same associations that we have, like the same, you know, legacy of racism against black people. Right. They have their own version of racism. Oh, yeah, totally. But I'm saying against black people. So she had him move to New York City for a year before they got married so he could see what it would be like to be in an interracial relationship in America uh-huh. and decide if he wanted in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a love like this before. They were doing a damn trial period. She was like, okay, come through for a year. See if you enjoy America <laughs> in the 60s. America. And uh, there, you know, because America in the 2020s, <laughs> not... I would say not great with not race. Great. Not great. Not great. 65? Uh, 1965? So. And they have been together ever since, you guys. They have been together. I What's can't. the Civil Rights Act? 67 or 8? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is still, like, I mean, even in New York, you know, uh, Jim Crow's shadow is long. <laughs> Can you, I could not imagine that and like trying to find that out. It's like, but like I had an experience, like I get that feeling though. Cause do you remember when I dated the Israeli vegan investment banker who did a semester abroad at a black college? I remember you talking about it. Certainly. Now it was like early in our relationship, maybe three or four weeks in and he lived up in Harlem. I lived in Harlem and we were meeting in between our two houses and then we were going to walk to someplace in the neighborhood. And it was like nighttime and we were like walking on Lenox and 135th. And this old black man was riding a bike and he uh-huh. like rode his bike alongside us and he started yelling at me. He was like, what you doing? How dare you? Don't th- you know they used to rip the babies from your womb? And he was saying all this to me. And then here you have this like delicate white boy who only known me three weeks. And now he has he's like in this situation. And it was one of those things where it was like, you know, we got through it. The guy eventually left. There was no like physical altercation and then like later when we're back at his house i was like do you want to do this to him what honey i was like leslie outcomes i was like (laughs) i was like this is what it is do you want to be a part of it and i said it was just because i'm like it didn't surprise me that it happened but i was like oh yeah this new for him he don't know what be happening out in these streets he may not want to deal with this shit 
He decided he did so for a while, to, but you had to get an American Jew who's already <laughs> from the, from the suburb from the Christian suburbs of Pennsylvania yes, who's already yes, dealt with shit. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Although we've had a share, uh, our share of um, black men in Harlem giving me stink eye. Yeah, just stink eye though. But have you felt it, or is it usually because I point it out to you? I every once in a while I'll notice it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say though they only give me stink eye when I look fine. <laughs> That's the thing. If, when I'm out in these streets, y'all, looking regular, a little busted, a Target jean, no makeup on my face, they go look at Andy, they go take her. <laughs> but when I come out here with a face beat, okay, and a little lift, they like, what the hook are you doing with this sister? I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, if you want her with the face beat, you got to take her with the Target jeans. Thank you. If you don't love me at my Target jeans, you don't deserve me at my face beat. <laughs> Who am I? All right. Number 11, right? Right. Before we we go to a break, you guys, this is just one. You know, I wanted to leave you just on the edge of your seat with a real, dropping a real bomb. You guys, this next couple is Angela Howard, strong black woman, and Matt Stone, co-creator of South Park. Is he the voice of Cartman? Who's he the voice of? I don't know. What's Cartman sound like? (laughs) Hey, hey, is this Cartman? (laughs) I'm in love love with a black woman. (laughs) It's Carmen. I get. I have not seen South Park in probably a decade. I know. I haven't seen it in forever too. But I was like, okay, Matt Stone has a black wife. He, they have two children. Their love is strong. They met when she was an executive at Comedy Central. Isn't he a former Mormon? A foreman? A foreman? <laughs> an Eric Foreman? Yeah. Isn't he an Eric Foreman? <laughs> is it? Is he not a former Mormon? I don't aren't know. Aren't both of them? Aren't, aren't both of them? Uh, they used to be Latter Day Saints. They're now former Day Saints. Wow. I didn't do enough research. Because <laughs> I'm wondering, because we do know that the Mormon church, well, I mean, they wrote the musical. They did, which was wonderful. But you uh, skewered the church, as they say. Right. But uh, isn't the Mormon church famously racist? Yeah, they decided black people were people in like 1970 or something. Yeah. It was like, oh, God told me they're people. We good. Can we get that? <laughs> uh, we found a new plate. Some uh, We were just digging out in the backyard in Salt Lake. <laughs> it's like, we found we... this new plate that apparently says that black people are humans. So, so... now can we not pay taxes anymore? <laughs> like, it was basically <laughs> the plan. But I'm like so into him and Angela. It's surprising. We did not know. That was what I didn't know. That's a bomb I need to drop. Well, he says, okay, actually, Stone describes himself as ethnically Jewish. His mom is Jewish. Okay. So, honestly, Angela Howard has a Jubu, just like me. Do you see how these relationships are reflecting our love in so many magical ways, Andrew? Many facets. You know what? I feel closer to you, and we still have 10 more couples. You guys, (laughs) we're going to go take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to keep dropping bombs. Hey guys, it's Bobby Bones. I host The Bobby Bones Show, and I'm pretty much always sleepy because I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. A couple hours later, I get all my friends together, and we get into a room, and we do a radio show. We share our lives, we tell our stories, we try to find as much good in the world as we possibly can, and we look through the news of the day that you'll care about. Also, your favorite country artists are always stopping by to hang out and share their lives and music, too. So wake up with a bunch of my friends on Big 104.7 in Pittsburgh or wherever the road takes you on the iHeartRadio app. And we're back, giving you a taste of what the Patreon can be if you just sign up. Andy and I talking about some of the interracial couples that have touched our hearts. We stop. Every time I play this, we were like, oh, let's just listen. This is a great song. I remember uh, during episode... Uh, season two, episode four, Pose. I think it's... Anyway, so Naomi, why don't we keep the countdown rolling? Number 10. Who is number 10? Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, not all of these couples are still couples, but this was so iconic. Truly iconic. Truly iconic. It had to be on the count. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And it was also, again, we're talking about like formative years, things that have touched us. They were together 92, 93. Okay, so I'm like 9, 10, starting my puberty. Body is growing and changing. I saw Made in America with Nia Long and Whoopi and Ted. That movie was huge for me. That was like Whoopi plays her mother and then she's looking for her father and it turns out her father is white. And it's like a whole thing because Whoopi's character, I guess, didn't know about the sperm donor. Again, I haven't seen Made in America in two decades. But it was huge. And again, I remember seeing that on TV and thinking like, Wow, you never see this before. You know, you you never knew a love like this before. So it was like very huge. However, you know, that love didn't last. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. So Some turned, lessons to learn, perhaps. Exactly. From why it didn't last. Well, 1988, apparently they met on they met on the set of the Arsenio Hall show. Sure. So many great loves. Was uh was Clinton uh playing sax while they fell in love? <laughs> and then they did that Made in America movie, and then they kind of got together in ninety-two. But then I feel like they broke up in 93, 94. Like, it did not last very long. Well, here's the question that I'll ask you. And maybe, uh, listeners, you're too young to remember, but uh, there was a roast of Whoopi Goldberg. Uh-huh. Where, famously, Ted Danson uh, went in blackface. He was in blackface. He said the N-word. He <laughs> pulled out all the stops. With, I mean... And this is before... Not to defend it, but with, with her permission. It well, with her like, permission, but it, you know, it was before a time when you know people were canceled, but even then, people were mad. It was like, um, the fuck? And then Whoopi tried to come in and defend him and say, like, you know, I put him in touch with the man who did the face paint. I helped him work on his act. I and then showed were, him the jazz singer. <laughs> exactly. And then everyone was like, that don't make it right. Like, people were still pissed. And so this is why... Another part why this relationship matters to me because it teaches me a lesson. And I think it's a lesson you learn too. Never let your white lover wear blackface. What have we learned so far? Never date a white man who once wore a Nazi uniform. Yeah, probably <laughs> Even not. in jest, never let your white lover wear blackface. Yeah. These are very, these are. And it, always it, neg a man. And always <laughs> neg a man you meet. You always neg a man with a rat. <laughs> neg a man with a rat. Okay. This- I'm neg a man with a rat. <laughs> it it blows my mind, by the way, that there was a time when, as a joke, like we live in a time where, like, if you accidentally use, if you just accidentally use like a word, like you meant to write can't, and you use the, a you on Twitter, you're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> that there was a time where uh, you purposely. Right. Uh, do blackface, right. and you have a very long career ahead of you. <laughs> I know. A simpler time. <laughs> a simpler time. This next couple, number nine, Roger Ebert and Chaz Hamilsmith. Ooh, baby. We don't talk enough about this. We do not talk enough about Roger Ebert and his black wife. Okay, as a culture, as a community, we're not talking enough about Roger and Chaz As a Ebert. culture, for the culture. As a culture, for the culture. Why are we talking about Roger and Chaz? You know Roger Ebert. As a film critic, okay, apparently he trademarked, him and Gene Siskel trademarked the phrase two thumbs up. Really? Did you know you could trademark two thumbs up? Uh, yeah, I, honestly, didn't like uh, Cardi B like copyright occur or something? I guess so. I mean, you know, we live in a uh, capitalist nightmare, so sure. <laughs> I guess, you know, copyright whatever you want. Two thumbs up, sure. Uh, <laughs> I got a thumb sideways. I'm copywriting that. Any t- any way you're, they should have just copyrighted any way the thumbs, thumbs could be. Thumbs, yeah. I got a thumb pointing uh, north northwest and a thumb right. pointing southeast. Like if you're hitchhiking, you have to yeah. pay money to Jesus and Roger Ebert. <laughs> Don't you hitchhike? That's a thumb. That's a thumb up. And I remember Roger Ebert's film reviews. Like that was like a big deal. 
and I remember being so surprised when I found out he had a black wife because he was so like, he reminded me of just like a saltine cracker. Like his his demeanor, because he was like, you know, he was a kind of a scholar. He was like very dry. Like he seemed so uptight that I was like, you down with Chaz? Okay, tell me more, Eeper. Tell me more. And so I was like very impressed. I would love to go back and see how he rated Chaz Palminteri's movies. If he gave them <laughs> an extra thumbs up just because uh, Chaz, on Chaz. Chaz kind of has the same name as his wife. You're so dumb. One extra Z. You're so dumb. <laughs> what I love, okay, first of all, also, Andy, did you know Roger Ebert also briefly dated Oprah? Okay, what? okay, 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 what, 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 what? That's what the internet says. Maybe they were certainly friends. Maybe there was a dalliance. We don't know. But here's the fun fact. And this is, again, a love like this before. Never knew. He was 50 when he married Chaz. And he said in his memoir that he he vowed never to marry before his until his mother died. Or like he was like, I'm not going to get married before until my mom dies, because he was afraid of displeasing her. Ooh. <laughs> Let's see, what did he rate Psycho? <laughs> <laughs> it's also, though, like, but to me, it's also like, you were afraid of displeasing your mother, Roger Ebert, and then you took a black lover. Is that what you were afraid your mother couldn't handle? Ooh. Is that what he thought? He was like, okay, I know. I want a Coco Queen in my life. Is my mother going to be mad? Roger Ebert's ma's racist. <laughs> I'm sorry, she's been long dead, but that's my assumption about you. Sorry, Mama Ebert. <laughs> Open up your coffin and you'll find racist mother! Drag her! Drag the ghost of Robert Ebert's, that's Roger what, Ebert's That's mother. Oprah yelling at him in bed, by the way. <laughs> that was my impression. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Andy, were you surprised to find out Roger Ebert was married to Chaz? I was, because he does, like, I don't know why... I, and we still, I guess, have this mentality in our heads. Interracial couples are surprising in some way, especially when it's not like, in my mind, you got to be a beefcake. You got to be a beefcake? You got to be a beefcake. When it's like a doughy white guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doughy. You're Do tender. Uh, thank you. I am uh, on the edge of doughy. I'm <laughs> We'll see. We're get, we're, remember, this year we're supposed to get in shape. Yeah, so. we're getting fit. Yeah, yeah. We're getting our apocalypse buds. Right. <laughs> if we're going to survive. We got to lift our own body weight. We yeah. got to be able to carry all of our provisions on our back. Yeah. If we're going to survive Mad Max, mm -hmm. we got to stop eating those mad snacks. <laughs> oh. Um, am I? Yeah, kind of. Just because, like, I also, I just don't know anything. I'm not one of those kinds of people that, like, pays attention to celebrity couples. Yeah. If they happen to, like, float into public consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, you know, like I do know that Channing Tatum is getting back together with Jesse J or whatever her name is. <laughs> because somehow it showed up on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I guess I know this fact now. Right, right. But now, you know, I forget like half of Heidegger's being in time, but now I know who Channing Tatum is dating. <laughs> Great. Well, I like that that one piece took away half a book. <laughs> just to fit in Channing and Jesse, it was like, okay, I gotta get rid of about 12 chapters. Yeah. Just to keep it. So I'm not a person that pays much attention to, especially like, Calling Roger Ebert a celebrity is really pushing the boundaries that of the definition. That man is famous. Roger Ebert was famous. Well-known. A well-known <laughs> film critic he with a, a dry wit. He won a Pulitzer Prize for film criticism. Yeah, name anyone else that's won a Pulitzer but Prize. the only film critic. That's my point. But I'm just saying, like, we as a culture, we don't, like, pay attention to Pulitzer Prize winners. I'm just saying, Roger Ebert is a big deal. And Chance was I'm, by his side. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that uh, it just doesn't enter my sphere of consciousness. I understand. Usually. I understand. I understand. Name any but name you a also Peabody like Award winner besides Colbert. Amy Schumer. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Let's not comment on my. and Peel? I don't know. Um, I know. I feel like yes. Okay. Number eight. Ooh. Right? Is that how numbers yeah, work? I think so. I think if we did number nine, then. Number eight in the countdown. Number eight. This is what I bring up to you. I probably brought up to you the first week we started dating. They're no longer together, but it's always worth mentioning. Robert De Niro and Grace Hightower. <sighs> you must. Okay. A true, a true love. A beacon. Well, they were a beacon. For a while. For a long time. It was uh, of course, they also, there was a lot of uh, drama. <laughs> well, apparently, okay, they got married in 1997, divorced in 1999, got back together in uh -huh. 2001, remarried again in 2004, and then divorced again in 2018. There was a lot of, like, separating in there, yeah. too. You gotta keep them 
separated. What is that song about, by the way? Because the minute I just said that, I was just like, is he talking about races? <laughs> no. No way. Is he that talking about, too upbeat. about uh, is, uh, Dexter? Is that his name? <laughs> <laughs> From The Offspring? Is he talking? Oh, I thought you meant Dexter the Showtime show. <laughs> I was like, separated like the bodies? You, no, well, maybe that. Maybe it's you got to keep your dark passenger separated yes. from the rest of your life. <laughs> but Robert De Niro and Grace Hightower, it was like, where are they coming from? Also, like these women are all just such gorgeous paragons. That's the thing. If you look at pictures of like De Niro and Roger Ebert, and then Grace Hightower and Chaz, Chaz, not Palmentary. Uh, the women are gorgeous and the men are, their, their reputation <laughs> and their, uh, fame cloaks their looks. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yes, but don't you feel, I don't know. I hate to make all the gender generalizations, but it does feel like in that generation, like the older, you know, people sixties and up and stuff, like it was about like a man who had a good job and was powerful. And I just need a man who's like, you know, got all his stuff together. You know yeah. what I mean? Like all women, regardless of race, it was like, I need a man who's like got everything under control. And I feel like nowadays I'm like, we talk it's like, I want a man who goes to therapy. You know what I mean? It's like different things we want. Do you think you he ever asked Grace if uh, she could milk him? <laughs> what? The absolute silence. What is that from? I got nipples, fucker. Can you milk me? Okay, 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 wait, wait, wait. Did you just quote, of all of Robert De Niro's oeuvre, did you just quote, meet the Fockers? Uh, yeah, meet the fa- whatever the first one was. Meet the family? Is that the first one? Meet I, the parents, Meet the parents. Maybe. I, got okay, nipples, then, then fa- I got nipples, Fokker. Can you book me? That's insane. Would you just say? <laughs> I've never seen that movie. But I, um. I got nipples, good fella. Can you, can you book me? He also said that in Goodfellas. It was, uh, uh, they were. In Meet the Parents, it was referencing his line from Goodfellas when he asked uh, Ray Liotta if he could milk him. Yeah. Okay. They called him Goodfella. <laughs> That's right. He had the titular yep. line. I don't know if you he knew could, this, yep, but he, yep. he did have the titular line. But uh, Grace Hightower, do you also think she's related to the character from Police Academy? Yes, definitely. I've thought that for years. I've thought that for years, you know. That connection is, like, obvious. <laughs> Number seven. Okay, number seven. This was a new one to us. We found out about just last year, and we both got excited. I think you told me about it. So that's how I know these things are impacting you. Jodie Turner-Smith, British model and actress. Yes. And Joshua Jackson. We're talking Slim from Queen and Slim and Pacey. Yes. Slim and Pacey. Slim and Pacey (laughs) are married. I think they got a baby on the way. I was like, what? Because you know Pacey was with Diane Kruger. Okay, I guess this is just coming out like I love celebrity gossip. But after Diane Kruger, he just was like, give me a Coco Queen. Wait, she's slim and not queen? Oh, right, queen. <laughs> I don't know why I called her slim. Queen of Pacey. <laughs> queen. queen of Pacey. That's my, that's like, what a great uh, musical lineup. Queen and whatever Pacey is. <laughs> queen and Pacey. Mike Pacey's band. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to my friend Mike Pace. <laughs> I don't know why I did who that. used to be in the indie rock band Oxford Comma. But the reason why this is like in my head too, and we're talking about again this makes, Oxford Claps. Why did I call it that? It feels so silly to talk about interracial couples. It's like, what's the big deal? Who cares? But kind of why is because Jody Turner Smith she tweeted recently. She was like, "Why are black men's Why are black men coming into my DMs calling me a bed wench?" Jesus. And, you know, that is a phrase that was used to describe black slaves who were kept in the master's bed for sexual purposes. Oh, shit. So in 2020, people are calling her that term simply for loving Pacey. And quite honestly, who didn't love Pacey? Who doesn't? Who By the hasn't way, Joshua Jackson, loved- who's had a wonderful career since... Uh, what I was it understand. Called? Dawson's Sons, Creek. Something's Creek. All I could think of was like Something's Creek. Sub- Fringe. I loved Fringe. He was in oh, Fringe, The, the affair. affair. Look, I know Josh was more than Pacey, but as someone who was very much in her puberty during Dawson's Creek, I fucking know him as Pacey, and he was always the one for me. I was like, Joey, why you fucking with Dawson? He too much. Yeah. Whoever you're around when you start ovulating, that's, you know. <laughs> that's, it's, it's imprinting. In it's imprinting. Exactly. Um, I want to try to have her on the show, if, if we can reach out to her at some point. But also, like, she was in Jet being very uh, naked in the TV show Jet on Showtime. And 
it makes me feel awkward. I don't like no. I don't like seeing people in real life who I've seen in a movie naked. It's awkward. It feels uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. So I don't like knowing what's. Everyone should cover up. Everyone should wear. <laughs> should just wear like wrap themselves in a cape. All humans. Oh, Andy. <laughs> you start to rethink things. <laughs> Uh, number six okay. is... right before we take a break. Yes. Drop another bombshell, Naomi. Well, this is a bomb we all know and love. Fitz and Olivia Pope. Come on, scandal. Gotta have it. Although Tony you, Goldwyn, Kerry Washington. When you would watch this show, every time I walked in, for some reason, Fitz is going down on Olivia. That's ABC, baby. <laughs> but I mean, literally, like I would just I like wa- I, would I know just, you like, came random- in twice. You came in twice, t- very different episodes. I've that said was happening. Seven, at least seventeen <laughs> times. You've been watching. You were watching it. I I walk in, just be like, oh hey Naomi, do you want? Uh, I'm going down to the bodega. Do you want me to get you a diet coke or whatever? <laughs> and Fitz is going down to Olivia. <laughs> seventeen separate times. Now. That makes me think that that's all that happened on that show. No, there was also political intrigue. But in order to get through the intrigue, someone's got to go down on somebody. Got to keep limber. Got to keep loose. Oh, that's so that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like doing stretches. Exactly. Right. Just like shaking. And that was, I feel like that was a couple that like, they were like, first of all, Scandal was a phenomenon. I feel like Scandal was one of the first shows that kind of helped to build this community of quote-unquote black Twitter. Like, people, like, Thursday nights, people would just be tweeting about scandal, like, back and forth and into it. And at the center of that show was this star-crossed intense love between Fitz and Olivia. And it was like, will they get together? Will they go to Vermont and make jam? Will he throw away his political ambition? And it was just like, oh, my God, the intensity. It was wild. Kerry Washington wearing just an all-white outfit, holding a gallon of wine in a single glass, and then she just runs into the Oval Office and she has oral sex. <laughs> Was he good at it? I think based on Olivia's response, yes. Right. She couldn't She couldn't get enough of Fitz. <laughs> so he was great. Fitz was great. <laughs> Except he was married to somebody else and was the president and they shit was fucked up. Right. And I was like, why can't interracial love just win? <laughs> we about to take a break. Hey, young world, the world is yours. It is I, OCT, the producer of the Baller Alert Show podcast, featuring none other than myself and the kid Ferrari Simmons with your favorite Ethiopian Sue Solo. The Baller Alert Show podcast is here for you, keeping you in the know with the latest of your favorite celebrities, current events, and providing free games to the listeners in need. So join the talk of the town because it's going down. It's the Baller Alert Show podcast, baby. Don't, don't you ever forget. We're not only cover the latest in entertainment, but we're bringing you the entertainment directly from the source. That's right. We have celebrity guest hosts, exclusive interviews, and it all goes down on the Bother Alert Show podcast. We are your number one source for the culture. So like DJ Khaled says, don't ever play yourself. Join the conversation today. Head on over to the Ball Alert Show and join me, Ferrari Simmons. Join me, Sue Solo, and it's all produced by me, OCT, on the Ball Alert Show podcast. Available on iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you Get your podcast. And we're back. We're in the final five, baby. Final five. Now, if you've been making bets on who is going to be number one, I think you'll probably be correct as to who the number one IRC of our flavor is. But what a surprise is what a surprise is all have been, Naomi. Because I we just talked about it. You're the one that ordered them. So I yeah. am genuinely flabbergasted. <laughs> All right, why'd you hit us with number five? We're in the top five. Number five. Hey, like Chris Rock said, top five. <laughs> like Chris Rock said, Alfre Woodard and Roderick Spencer. Another surprise. Alfre Woodard, one of the greatest blattresses of our time. Alfred Woodard, Roderick Spencer. He is a writer. Why they're in the top five? He wrote a movie for her to star in. Andy, that's the dynamic I want for us. Hey, I'm trying. <laughs> when I see Alfred Woodard out here being amazing, they've been together over 20 years. He is riding vehicles for his queen. I was like, this is a power couple. Loving Alfred. I still love everything she's ever done. She's like literally one of the best actors in the world. Mm-hmm. Production companies that are listening, I got a vehicle for Naomi. <laughs> 
You need to have several vehicles. You need a fleet, okay? You need a fleet of vehicles. Go talk to my agent at Kirsch. <laughs> Gross. Hey, Kirsch, now signed with the, <laughs> the WGA. Don't ruin this beautiful <laughs> list. <laughs> Do you see? This is not a Patreon goal. We just, he just worked my nerve and I yell at him. Number four, Barry Allen and Iris West. <laughs> I can't believe that's number four. On CW's The Flash. Don't you tell me. Barry and Iris. Okay, you know I stand for CW dramas, all the comic book ones, except for Legends of Tomorrow. Which is, that's, that's the only one that I watch. Exactly. And, and Black Lightning. But I started with The Flash, and I love, the like, literally from episode one, the whole thing is like, Barry loves Iris. And there was like the 14-year-old girl in me who, like, was considered ugly and sexless in private school, Aww. which is like, my heart was, like, singing over, like, watching this sweet white boy pine after gorgeous Iris. And he like liked her and then she had somebody else and then finally they came together and like they're married. It's like the most like tender love. Their love is the anchor of the program. They are allowed to be. The speed force encircles their love. The speed force encircles their love. <laughs> Barry and Iris, okay? Yes, The Flash. I was a grown ass woman when The Flash first came on and it touched my fucking heart. Okay? Candace Patton is Iris. She is too cute, too good. I like like her. She's like very sassy and like don't play on Twitter. She just like does not fucking care. And I like love everything about her. You know that all the like shitty fanboys were up in arms because like in the comic book, I think, I don't know. I don't really read DC comics, but like in the comic book, Iris is white. Oh my God. It's like those people who got mad about Hunger Games when there was a black, they made a white girl black. And it's it was fucking like, insane to me. I'm just like, like they're children fighting to the fucking death. I'm sorry if the race is what throws you. What? Like, if if Peter Parker, it, like, the, the whole thing, remember when Childish Gambino was going, wanted to be, play Peter Parker? Yeah. And it's just like, who gives a fuck? Let him do it. He's a good actor. He already a boy that got spider powers. I don't understand why we getting hung up on the race when the basic premise is off the rails. So, <sighs> number three. Although, I'll tell you one problematic race thing. Psylocke in X-Men in the, I think, late 80s. Go on. They did some like sci- some procedure on her and made her Japanese. What do you mean? <laughs> they did a procedure. Yeah, they did a procedure on her. They don't actually talk about how they did it in the comic book, but she's British. <laughs> and then they, she gets captured by a Japanese mafia group uh-huh. uh, called The Hand, and uh-huh. then they turn her Japanese. What? Yeah. That's uh, wild. Yeah. Is that's... that where that song comes from? No. <laughs> If that song was about about the hand turning Psylocke (laughs) Japanese. And they literally just undid it like last year. Oh, God. And made it. They're like, finally, after 30 years, they're like, this is a little problematic. (laughs) Maybe we should. Maybe the fact that we changed her race with science (laughs) and magic. To be fair, they also use magic. I I believe uh, Spiral from the Mojo verse is there. I love you your, open the door to this thing. I love you your comic book facts. I love your comic book facts. I appreciate what you tell me. I do. <laughs> you open the door to this by talking about The Flash. I truly have never known a love like this before. Number three, George Lucas and Melody Hobson. George Lucas, the creator of Jar Jar Banks? <laughs> <laughs> yes, George Lucas, the creator of Jar Jar Banks. Okay. Misa think that's a wonderful IRC. Okay, Melody Hobson, okay, she is a businesswoman in her own right, okay? Mm-hmm. She's a co-CEO of a company. She's the former chairwoman of DreamWorks Animation, okay? And apparently, George and Melody met at a business conference in 2006 and started dating shortly thereafter. Can you imagine what that was like? What do you think George Lucas's game is? Like, what, like meaning, when he, like he saw Melody across a crowded conference room, and he came to holla at her. Uh, hello, like, do you know that I, uh... I created Lando Calrissian. Excuse me? What uh, is your name, sir? Oh, hello. Uh, my name is uh, Jar Jar Lucas. Okay. <laughs> but my friends call me George. Okay, Jar Jar. I don't know what you want me to say. George George. George George? Yeah, sorry. It's George George. Indy, why do you make these couples so terrible? <laughs> what do you think George Lucas is like? What do you want me to do? You, re- you want to restart this? What do you th- What do you really think George Lucas is like? Here, I'll be her, you be George Wait, Lucas. no, you be him, I'll be her. Well, I'm asking you, what do you really think George Lucas is like? I don't know. Like, I feel like... 
I feel like all he does is talk about midichlorians <laughs> and like the deep mythology of the Jedis. So then do you think the way I felt when you were talking about Psylocke is how Melody Hobson feels when George Lucas is talking about the deep mythology? Yeah, again, I don't know what your excuse is, but he at least is like <laughs> a multi-million, like a hundred millionaire. Or a billionaire. More. Is he yeah, a billionaire? Right? Probably. Right. Yeah. That's going to woo anyone. Right. Yeah. You must really love me. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you all the damn time. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's what I try to tell you. What the? What? I mean, seriously. What do you think he's gonna talk? I don't know. He like it, all I know about him is his entire life is Star Wars. I know. Number two. Ooh, this is the last two. Last two. Final two, babies. Final two. Sean and Angela from Boy Meets World. <laughs> of course. Sean and of Angela. You, I've said this many a time. That was formative for me. When I saw Sean and Angela together on Boy Meets World, a show that was so white all around, that not only did they have a black character, but they also chose to make her a love interest and make her like the better one. Like She was the one who got Sean to kind of mature and like get his act together. Also, what I love too, she was playing a high school student, but I think in real life, the actress who played Angela was like 30 at the time. And it's like, if that's not an example of black not cracking, I don't know what is. She up in there 30 years old playing 16, trying to help Ryder Strong get his life together. I mean, black don't crack is in general, like, isn't Rutina Wesley like in her 90s or something like that? <laughs> she looks young. Also, like, is Cicely Tyson also 93 looking younger than Rutina Wesley? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cicely is up in here giving us looks and she's 93. <laughs> now, did this you is... watch Boy Meets World growing up? Did you know I Sean did. and Angela? No, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it definitely like is a thing that probably stuck in my head. I don't yeah. think like as much as it as for you. Yeah. Because again, for me, my future is just a blank space. And. <laughs> I'm just like, because uh, again, my parents brought me up in a way where like they didn't talk about differences between anyone. Yeah. In, in a way that's like damaging. Like, yeah. like not teaching you that there actually are differences. It's just that the differences don't matter. Right. We're different, but we're all equal. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, don't deny we're different. Right. But we're all equal. It's so like, I, okay. I was just like, oh, well, I can marry literally anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So did I draw a lot of Jar Jar Binks with breasts? Tell me no. The answer, the answer is no. But Psylocke. Ooh, baby. We are at number one. Number one. Now, listeners, I assume you know who this number one IRC, just like us, is. Perhaps you've been waiting. Perhaps you've been saying, when are they going to get to it? How tone deaf are they? But this is the ultimate. The paragon of sensuality, grace, style, and love. It is. Two people who certainly... Yep. Uh, Never love like this before. How was that? That falsetto. That's great. The number one IRC of our flavor coming to you from iHeart Studios here <laughs> in Hollywood. And that is David Bowie and Iman. Duh! Who would you? Who are you gonna put, listeners? At me, I dare you. <laughs> David Bowie and Iman. We all knew that was a love that was in the public. He, one of the most amazing musicians of of in the world. Her, the top model in the world for so long, a pinnacle of beauty and the grace. The world's top model. The world's top model. I bought Iman's makeup as a child on the internet when you couldn't find black skin colors. She had her own makeup line at a time uh, where there was no makeup for dark-skinned women, okay? Pre-Fenty. Thank you, honey. I was ordering Iman, okay, in 2001 trying to get coverage. Iman is an icon. She was the one. She was out here telling the world black is beautiful. And then Dave Bowie said, we should all have sex with everybody. And then you put together that strength, beauty, class, and charisma. You got David Bowie and Iman. David Bowie. Grace Jones in his band. Who knew? Hell, honey. <laughs> Who knew was most people? <laughs> Who knew? Everybody. You guys. David Bowie and Iman, truly iconic. 
truly the number one. When David Bowie passed, I was like, is she okay? What will she do? <laughs> I did a, at a comedy show, I did a PowerPoint presentation saying how we should take over after David Bowie passed away. Not right, right after. I have, <laughs> right, I have something have... called Class Attacked. Wow. But, you know. like Class a, and attack? Yes. A year later or so, I was saying that you and I should take over as the most iconic IRC after them. I mean, I'm trying. That's well, why we have to do our weight loss. We have to become lies like them. Yeah. They're like two sexy giraffes. Because it's so funny, like when I was growing up, I didn't really know anything about David Bowie besides that he was like hanging out with Nine Inch Nails. And so, because the, the Bowie that I knew from when I was younger the was like, I'm afraid of Americans, Bowie, which is like uh, not like to me, like my Bowie, the one, the <laughs> one I love is like Hunky Dory era Bowie. And yeah. so, like the older like version doing like industrial music and stuff like that, I'm like, ew. Yeah. With the deep voice. Yeah. With his like post lodger deep voice. <laughs> Took me a long time to get into it. So, you're just staring at me now. No, no, I'm listening. I was listening to you with Love Eyes. <laughs> I was like, I'm just thinking, I was like, I bet how many white men have a conversation that goes, my Bowie. Because ah! he's like made music over so many, you know, eras that like, yes. yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. the Bowie of this time, my Bowie. You know, you know, know like, so changes, Bowie. <laughs> you guys, I hope you like this little change of pace, <laughs> this departure from the everyday. It's a little bit of like what you can expect if you were to be a Patreon. You know, we just like get into like topics deep. We we talk about our relationship. <laughs> Sometimes music me. comes in, but we just like talk about where we're at and how these things in, affect us. You know, all these couples are love and there's so many not on this list, but the point is when Andy and I got together, I have to say, I just never knew a love like this before. <laughs> And I never thought I would. And I hope you guys feel the tenderness. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye. The 27 Club is a podcast about famous musicians who died prematurely and sometimes mysteriously at the age of 27. This podcast is hosted by me, Jake Brennan, creator and host of the award-winning music and true crime podcast, Disgraceland. Season two of The 27 Club launches June 18th, 2020, with 12 episodes on the life and death of Jim Morrison of The Doors. The 27 Club contains adult content and explicit language. You can listen to The 27 Club on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, young world, the world is yours. It is I, OCT, the producer of the Baller Alert Show podcast, featuring none other than myself and the kid Ferrari Simmons with your favorite Ethiopian Sue Solo. The Baller Alert Show podcast is here for you, keeping you in the know with the latest of your favorite celebrities, current events, and providing free games to the listeners in need. So join the talk of the town because it's going down. It's the Baller Alert Show podcast, baby. Don't, don't you ever forget it. Only cover the latest in entertainment, but we're bringing you the entertainment directly from the source. That's right. We have celebrity guest hosts, exclusive interviews, and it all goes down on the Bother Alert Show podcast. We are your number one source for the culture. So, like DJ Khaled says, don't ever play yourself. Join the conversation today. Head on over to the Bother Alert Show and join me, Ferrari Simmons. Join me, Sue Solo, and it's all produced by me, OCT, on the Bother Alert Show podcast. Available on iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you. Get your podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.